Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This is a special breaking news episode of Jury Duty. As you know, this season of the podcast explores the criminal trial stemming from the tragic death of Ahmaud Arbery, a 25-year-old black man who was pursued by three white men, Travis and Greg McMichael and William Roddy Bryan, and was eventually shot to death by one of those men, Travis McMichael. In October of last year, all three men were convicted of felony murder, and Travis McMichael was also convicted of malice murder. Today, January 7, 2022, all three men were sentenced for their crimes. We will be back with our breaking news coverage of their sentencing hearing right after the break. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This morning, in the Glynn County, Georgia courthouse, convicted murderers Travis and Greg McMichael and William Roddy Bryan were brought in for their sentencing hearing. The proceedings included victim impact statements from three members of Ahmaud Arbery's family, arguments from lawyers for the state and for each of the defendants, and the judge's sentencing decision. We will bring you more complete and exhaustive coverage of this hearing at the end of our regular coverage of the trial. However, Today, we present excerpts from today's proceedings to keep you up to date on some of the key moments in the sentencing. We begin with a few excerpts from the victim impact statement of Wanda Cooper-Jones, Ahmaud Arbery's mother. They chose to target my son because they didn't want him in their community. They chose to treat him differently than other people who frequently visited their community. And when they couldn't sufficiently scare him or intimidate him, they killed him. My youngest son, he was born on Mother's Day of 1994. He had a smile so bright it lit up a room. He loved, he never hesitated to tell me, his sister Jasmine, and his brother Marcus, that he loved us. And your honor, we loved him back. He was messy. He sometimes refused to wear socks or take good care of his good clothing. I wish he would have cut and cleaned his toenails before he went out for that jock that day. I guess he would have if he knew he would be murdered. These men deserve the maximum sentence for their crimes. Ahmad never said a word to them. He never threatened them. He just wanted to be left alone. They were fully committed to their crimes. Let them be fully committed for the consequences. Your Honor, I'm standing here before you as the mother of Ahmad Aubrey asking you to please give all three defendants who are responsible for the death of my son 
the maximum punishment in this court, which I do believe is life behind bars without the possible chance for parole. Thank you. We continue with excerpts from the sentencing argument of Prosecutor Linda Dunikowski. Your Honor, the state is seeking life without the possibility of parole for the McMichaels based primarily on the evidence presented in this case. It is not the 99 things you do right, not the 99 good deeds that you do. But when you take another person's life, it can't be undone. It can't be taken back. There is no do-over. It's final. And that means caution must prevail. Thoughtfulness, empathy, and insight must prevail, not vigilanteism. With regard to Mr. Bryan, his actions speak for themselves. He contributed to the death of Ahmaud Arbery in a significant way. The court is familiar with his actions. The court is familiar with his statements, with his level of cooperation with Agent Seacrest afterwards. And given his actions and statements in this case, the state is asking for a life with the possibility of parole sentence. Next, we present excerpts from the sentencing argument of Bob Rubin on behalf of Travis McMichael. Wouldn't it be powerful, though, for Travis McMichael to look deep into himself and explore with the public, with his son Everett, why he did what he did and, in fact, become a force for good while in prison and out instead of one more old man behind bars costing taxpayers $50,000 a year or more in 30 years. Judge, you can send a message that four minutes of conduct does not erase a life well lived and that after punishment there is opportunity for redemption, an opportunity that Travis can either take advantage of and prove himself worthy or not, and that the parole board can then determine whether he should be released from prison. We are not asking you to do anything, Your Honor, but to agree that we don't know today what the future holds. We're asking you to sentence him to life with the possibility of parole if it's earned. After Reuben, Laura Hogue offered the sentencing argument on behalf of Greg McMichael. In many courtrooms, Your Honor, that I appear in, right behind the judge, and it might be that way in, in Chatham County, there is the seal of the state of Georgia. And our Georgia state seal has three words on it. Wisdom, justice, but most importantly, moderation. Life without parole versus life with the possibility of parole may be nothing more than academic for a 66-year-old man with significant health problems because it means 30 years, at the very least, in prison. But it is an important distinction. It will affect all sorts of other things that could happen to Greg McMichael while he's in prison. But most significantly, it is the only way, Your Honor, to honor the jury's verdict that Greg McMichael committed crimes 
for which he never intended the result. For that reason, for the lack of evidence of aggravation, for the presence of significant evidence of extenuation and mitigation, we ask the court to sentence Mr. McMichael to life with the possibility of parole. Finally, we present excerpts from Kevin Goff's sentencing arguments on behalf of William Roddy Bryan. The mandatory minimum in Georgia is life imprisonment on a felony murder. I'm not going to rehash the legal arguments. What I am going to suggest to the court, though, and given the age of the defendants here, whether Mr. Bryan is eligible for parole or not, he's going to be 80 years old under the current guidelines before he could be eligible for parole. Uh, and effectively, even if the court grants life without parole sentences, as the state has requested to the McMichaels, simply giving Mr. Bryan a sentence of life with the possibility of parole, still given the, the respective ages, means that he would essentially serve the same sentence and that there would be no options there. So I'm asking this court to consider a request for relief from parole restrictions, as I understand it, a request for relief from parole restrictions may authorize consideration by the parole board of parole prior to the completion of any specified time period otherwise required prior to parole eligibility. As I've explained to Mr. Bryan, this doesn't guarantee him that he would do one day less in prison than he would otherwise do under the sentence that the court is about to impose. But what it does do is provide the opportunity for the parole board to exercise its discretion in deciding whether to release Mr. Bryan when they believe it would be appropriate and not based on some arbitrary preconceived mandatory minimum time period before he could be considered. With all of the sentencing arguments delivered, we will be back with Judge Timothy Walmsley's sentencing statement right after this break. 
And Miss um, Wanda Cooper-Jones this morning made a statement that I think when you look at these statements and you see the videos is very true. And that is, she said, when they could not scare or intimidate him, they killed him. Again, after Ahmaud Arbery fell, the McMichaels turned their backs. It's, a, again, a disturbing image. And they walked away. This was a killing. It was callous. And it occurred, as far as the court is concerned, based upon the evidence, because confrontation was being sought. I think the statement was made during closing arguments. It's interesting to note that the most violent crime in Satilla Shores was the murder of Ahmaud Arbery. Maybe we'd best see today's proceeding as an exercise in accountability. We are all accountable for our own actions. Sometimes in today's day and age, that statement is lost upon many. And today the defendants are being held accountable for their actions here in Superior Court. Today demonstrates that everybody is accountable to the rule of law. Taking the law into your own hands is a dangerous endeavor. I've read somewhere, and I don't remember where it was, that at a minimum, Ahmaud Arbery's death should force us to consider expanding our definition of what a neighbor may be and how we treat them. I argue that maybe a neighbor is more than the people who just own property around your house. I believe that is, I also believe that in assuming the worst in others, we show our worst character. Assuming the best in others is always the best course of action. As to Travis McMichael, Mr. McMichael, the court sentences you as follows. Count one, malice murder, life without the possibility of parole. Greg McMichael, the court sentences you as follows. Count one, malice murder, defendant was found not guilty. Count two, felony murder, life without the possibility of parole. Roddy Bryan, I do want to separate a little bit because the state is making a different recommendation. So the court recognizing that Mr. Bryan's position is different. Uh, again, Mr. Bryan was found not guilty on count one and count two. The court sentences Mr. Bryan to uh, life with the possibility of parole on count three. At the end of the hearing, all three men were remanded to the custody of the Georgia Department of Corrections. And with that, we conclude this special breaking news episode of Jury Duty, The Killing of Ahmaud Arbery. Again, join us on our next episode as we conclude our coverage of Prosecutor Linda Dunikowski's closing statement with her argument to the jury for how they should regard the defense arguments in the case. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. Our consulting producer is Paul Butler. It was co-produced and edited by Chris Taracone. Music was provided by Strike Audio. 
Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Killing of Ahmaud Arbery.